Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm speaking to you here from the HQ, from the studio itself. And I welcome you to the last day of our Word Conference. Myself, Pastor Onyi, PO of the Pulse family. And God's servant has been taking us through the message of life. And my work is quite simple this afternoon, wherever you are. First of all, let me just take the greetings. Good afternoon. All over the globe, good afternoon or good morning, wherever you are tuning in. All the houses tuning in. All the families tuning in. Okay. You know, on this last day, I'm, I started putting things together in regards to what God's servant has been speaking. And how can you have life or society without family? Family plays a huge part in the foundation of any nation or country or company, whatever you may be putting together, it is family first. And my mind will go back to how nations were raised because certain families existed in those countries. Whether if you're talking about the oligarchs of Russia or you're speaking of the Rothschilds of the United States, or even if you're speaking of the nation family of the UK. It is God's work starts with a family setting. Maybe on that basis I can get you into the word. My work is very simple, to build up a case. A case on the beginning of life and how it starts. If you just take me to my first scripture, Pastor. These are the last words of David. Second Samuel first records by saying, these are the last words of David. Go on. The inspired utterance of David, the son of Jesse. The inspired utterance of David, son of Jesse. Yeah. The utterance of the man exalted by the Most High. The utterance of the man exalted by the Most High. Go on. The man anointed by the God of Jacob. Yes. The hero of Israel's song. This part of the scripture always gets to me. It's, he calls him the hero of Israel's songs. In those days, every nation would have songs attributed to heroes. Men who have done considerable work on behalf of that nation. He said, these are the words of the hero of Israel's songs. Go on. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. If you go to verse 3 for me. The God of Israel spoke. Uh -huh. The rock of Israel said to me. Yeah. When one rules over people in righteousness, yes. when he rules in the fear of God, uh -huh. he is like the light. He is like the light of morning at sunrise. On a cloudless morning. On a cloudless morning, meaning that nothing hinders him. Because the job of the cloud is to give you some little shade from the rays of the sun. But it says this man 
is like the light of the morning that rises and shines on a cloudless morning. Go on. Like the brightness after rain. The brightness after rain. Yeah. That brings grass from the earth. Okay. If my house were not right with God. This is where I want to go. If my house were not right with if God. If my house were not right with God. Surely he would not have made with me an everlasting covenant. So that's something to consider. He said, if my house were not right with God, surely he would not have made with me an everlasting covenant. How many of us have grown up believing that covenants might be attributed to maybe some good character that you have? But David here starts this by saying, or he ends his life by letting us know that the covenant that he held was because his house was right with God. Go on. Surely he would not have made with me an everlasting covenant, uh -huh. arranged and secured. Arranged and secured. In every part. Yes. Surely he would not bring to fruition my salvation. My God. And grant me my every he desire. Said, in all my life, surely he would not have brought to fruition my salvation. I think we may have seen salvation as something else. And this scripture decides to challenge us on what we've been taught previously. That salvation actually, David is saying, that if his house were not right, he would not have been given salvation. And grant me my every desire. So my question then began. Lord, why were you so interested in this house of David's? Why did David or how did he attract so much attention with God on his house? And if so, that's what we want to mimic, isn't it? Go ahead. Take me to the next um, scripture, please. By wisdom, a house is built. So then I started to consider how is a house built. You see, houses and families are no different. When we're talking houses, we're talking family. That's why in revolutions gone past, you hear the house of Windsor. That's the ruling monarch of the UK. In revolutions gone past, you hear the house of the Rothschilds. Because house and family are one. What was it about the house of David that attracted God's attention? It says... By wisdom, a house is built. And through understanding, and through understanding, it is established. It is established. Go on. Through knowledge, through its knowledge, rooms are filled. Its rooms are filled. With rare and beautiful treasures. But I don't want to treat that. I want to stay more on by wisdom, a house is built. So take me to Proverbs 11. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Okay. And he who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. So the tool of the wise man to build a house is souls. So God's attention on David's house was nothing to do with David himself. But it was to do with what David says, I put my house right. Meaning, I arranged souls. 
I had people arranged in an order that pleased God. Now, when we come to think of this and we are thinking forward to the service we're about to have on the 8th, that actually God's attention on a man will be based on how he arranges his house. And that man that builds that house, if he's a wise man, he's not going to be bothered about the instruments in the house, but he's going to be bothered about the men. The people. That is what attributes a house as righteous. Are you with me this afternoon? Because he said, I put my house right with God. Meaning that that house was righteous in the sight of God. It did not mean the activities in the house, but that there was arrangements of people. Take me to Isaiah. This is what the Lord says. So that we can see the reason why God is so interested in a house in every nation. Or in a family in every nation. That's what he's looking for first. He says here, this is what the Lord says. Go on. Heaven is my throne. Heaven is my throne. And the earth is my footstool. Uh -huh. Where is the house you will build oh for me? Oh my God, where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? How many times has God asked you a question in Scripture? So this is something you must be privileged to hear. God's question to us, where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? So actually, the whole intention behind David's life is because God wants to rest on earth and he's looked in the house of David. And he has seen that David has put his house in a right order, meaning that he can rest in that family. Are you with me? Go on, read on. Has not my hand made all then these things? And the Lord things? starts to give us a hint by saying, has not my hand. Now this verse here confirms the last two verses by saying, has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being. So the house of God is a living thing. Because he says here that that thing that is my house, it came into being. My hand made it. I just want you to arrange it. I don't need it to build, just arrange. Because I already made it come into being. Go on. These are the ones I look on then with favor. he tells favor. us about his house. He said, these are the ones I look onto with favor. Go on, pastor. Those who are humble oh and contrite God. in spirit uh, and who tremble at my oh, word. So, God's house is, looks like this. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and they tremble at my word. They're not good boys and good girls, but they tremble at his word. Does that remind you of any house when you're looking at the nation family house? We're not bothered about who walks in, but we're bothered if you can receive the spirit that can tremble at the word. Are you with me this afternoon? Go on, pastor. Take me to the next scripture. Just as a body, though one has many parts. So, so now, I was thinking... Like, okay, so what does this look like in today's work, in today's ministry? And we thank God for Paul. First Corinthians, Paul then started by saying, just as a body. Body in this instance is family, it is house, it is church, it is business. 
It is organization. Thank you, Pastor. Just as a body. Go on. Though one has many parts. Though one has many parts. But all of its many parts come from form one body. So it is with Christ. So you know what? All that arrangement of house from David, it attracted God because it looked familiar. The father said, I see something on earth that's familiar. David is arranging his house. He's adding distressed men. Just as a body, different parts. David is not bothered if you're distressed. He's bothered if you can tremble at the word. Are you with me? Then David adds another part. Discontented. He's not bothered if you're discontented. He's bothered if you will tremble at the word. Then he adds another part. Indebted. David is not bothered if you're indebted or in debt. He's bothered if you can tremble at the word. So God saw this arrangement. And God said, this looks like my son. This looks like Christ. Go on, Pastor. Read on for me. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Oh my you. God, the eye can't say to the hand. So we look at what we're building. And I, and I challenge you. That if you're arranging something that has too many people that look the same. Then God has not yet taken notice of what you're building. If you... If you've not gone past culture, and Paul will speak it, go to verse 22. On the contrary, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be those weaker, those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. When you come into a house, a company, a business, a family, are they not weak ones amongst us? But Paul said that is your right, full claim to the Spirit of God. Those weak ones amongst you allows God to know that you're building a body. Go on, read on. And the parts that we think are less honourable. And the parts honorable. that you think that are less honourable. Someone tried to say, ah, because she did this or that, or he did this or that, he should drop down in, in responsibility in ministry. No way. That is a less honourable part. But Christ says we give that one special honour. Are you with me? Go on, look at what Paul says here. We think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. Uh -huh. And the parts that are And the parts that are unpresentable. Are treated with special modesty. Unpresentable parts are like private parts. I'm just looking at the breakdown of a body and a family. And I'm just thinking, Paul, you're crazy. You know what they say? If you see a madman running the road naked, is he not, you're not going to call him mad. But the organs that he displays to the world, you have them too. But they're private parts. There's something you keep hidden. It is the same way in an organization. Paul says in order for you to build this body, you must take on those who are private. But you keep them amongst you as far as they tremble to the word. Add them to your members. Are you with me? 
Go on, read verse 24. One of presentable parts need no special treatment. That's right. But God has put the body together. That's right. Giving greater honor to the parts that oh lacked it. Oh my God, it. giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So this is what David specialized in. The apostles and the priests would stand forward. Those are the parts that you see. In every organization, family, or nation, or building, whatever you're building, those are the parts you see. So, in order for God's Spirit to fall and to accredit something as His work in this time, there must be arrangement of house. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, a nation family is an arrangement of house. Go back to the Pentecost, it was an arrangement of house because the Lord says, Wait for me in the upper room. It did not mean that the, the, the middle room was empty. It did not mean that the lower room was empty. No, it was filled. There were people there. But those people are people that don't need to be presented to the world. Those ones are just the ones that will tremble when the word comes. Are you hearing me? Because when the word of God fell on the ones that matter. I don't think you're getting what I'm saying. When the word of God fell on the ones that matter, the rest of the building trembled. It said in that time that 3,000 was added to their number on that day. How can 3,000 be added if they're not all in the same place? How would they have heard that the Spirit of God has fallen down? So if we go back and as I begin to round up, when you go back to that second Samuel, you see that David said, this is what credited me for an everlasting covenant. What is that covenant? The Spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the son, that's what we have in the nation family. And if you're watching me right now and you're an unbeliever, you must be wondering, what is the big deal with the word and the son of God? It said that for him, all things were made. Meaning, my job is just to gather the members. When God sees the arrangements, his role is to pour out the son, is to pour out his spirit all across the building. The spirit of the Lord is ready to move on the 8th of August. Why? Because our house is being put right. That's right, choir, help me. Our house is being put in arrangements. And God has seen that we did not do away with anyone. We kept them. We brought them in. These were members that looked strange to the world. But amongst God's people, when the Spirit is poured, because it's only one Spirit, it makes sense. Thank you, choir.